Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen and ascended Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this evening, the second reading that we heard a few moments ago, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, especially the last two verses. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, why do you stand gazing into heaven? This is the question that the angels asked the disciples after the physical, bodily ascension of Jesus into heaven. Why are you gazing up into the sky? What are you looking for? What are you looking at? Imagine if the disciples had had an opportunity to answer. We're looking for Jesus. We don't know where he's at. He was here just a minute ago, and now he's not. It seemed like, like he kind of floated up into the sky, and all of a sudden a cloud covered him, hid him. Where'd he go? My friends, the question that the angels asked the disciples on that first ascension day is the question that needs to be asked of us. Why do we stand gazing up into the sky as if we don't know where Jesus is? Now, we may not physically gaze up into the sky, but you know what I mean. We live our lives as if we don't know where Jesus is at. We live our lives as if Jesus is completely absent from our life, from our thought, from our work, from our family. We live our lives as if Jesus is really absent, not really present. Think about some of the things that you have done in your life. Things that you are not especially proud of. Think about your sin. Think about the times that you have broken the Ten Commandments, either accidentally or on purpose. Can you honestly say that if you really believed Jesus was standing right there next to you, that you would have done or said or committed that deed? Men of Galilee, people of Lincoln and beyond, why do you stand gazing up into the sky? My friends, where is Jesus? 
If somebody came and asked you that question, how might you answer? For many people, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ that are in more reformed or evangelical churches, they would probably say, Jesus is in my heart. That's not a wrong answer, but it's certainly not a complete answer. Some who would deny that Jesus is really present with his church here on earth, physically and bodily, would point to the ascension of our Lord and say, Jesus is at the right hand of God. He is physically stuck at the right hand of God. He is there. He can't be here and there at the same time. Jesus is there. And so we just have to wait until he comes back. And there are many in our world today that would say, we just don't know. We just don't know where Jesus is. Maybe archaeologists will discover his bones in a cave someday. My friends, God's word for today teaches us very clearly the absolute importance the absolute necessity of understanding the physical, bodily ascension of Jesus into heaven. Our text for today tells us that Jesus, for 40 days after he rose from the dead, went around giving many convincing proofs that it was really him. It wasn't a ghost. Jesus was alive, really alive. For 40 days, Jesus left no doubt that his word was true when he said, after three days, when I am crucified, beaten, mocked, ridiculed, after three days, I will rise from the dead. He spoke about it plainly, clearly, and often. Jesus does what he says and says what he does. Jesus rose from the dead, never to die again. Jesus, in his upper room discourse, John 15, 16, and 17, Jesus taught the disciples on that first Monday, Thursday, and he teaches us. He says, I'm going away from you, and it is better that I go away. You don't understand it now, but if I don't go away, I can't send my helper to you. He was speaking about his ascension into heaven. Jesus ascends into heaven and he says, stay right here. Wait here. Something big is going to happen. And we know that big event happened 10 days later with the miraculous outpouring of the Holy Spirit on that first Pentecost. Why did Jesus ascend into heaven? God's word tells us in Ephesians, he ascended to the right hand of the Father so that he could fill all things. Sounds kind of cryptic, doesn't it? 
He ascended to the right hand of the Father so that he could fill all things. Jesus, after completing his mission to live and die and rise again, is crowned King of Heaven, seated at the right hand of God the Father, Revelation 5. He reigns as King victorious over the whole world. He reigns over his church by his word. The Father and the Son send out the Holy Spirit to testify to the completed work of Jesus. Jesus really did take on flesh and blood. Jesus really did place himself under God's holy law, fulfilling it for you and for the life of the world. Jesus really did bleed and die on Calvary's cross, our substitute for our sin. Jesus really did physically, bodily, rise from the dead. His mission complete, the great absolution for the whole world. Jesus physically, really ascended to heaven at the right hand of God. And the angels tell the disciples and tell us. In the same way that Jesus ascended into heaven, he will come back on the last day. This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Jesus hasn't abandoned us. Jesus hasn't left us as orphans. Jesus fills all things and has given us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who testifies to Jesus day in and day out. The very thing that we need. Jesus fills all things. Jesus must be everywhere. So that must mean I don't have to go to church. I can do my own thing because after all, wherever I'm at, Jesus is there, right? Jesus is on the golf course. Jesus is in the fishing boat. Jesus is in bed when I sleep in on Sunday morning. Jesus is everywhere, everywhere. So, why do I need to be here in God's house? My friends, I ask you, if you scientifically studied our atmosphere, you would find that 70, 75, 80% of the atmosphere is water, right? Of course. So when you're thirsty, where do you go to get a drink? Do you go to the atmosphere? Of course not. You go to the faucet and you get a drink of water. Jesus fills all things. And he promises that wherever his word is taught, read, preached in its truth and purity, there he is. Jesus fills all things and he promises that wherever his sacraments, holy baptism, the Lord's Supper, are administered according to the command and promise of God, there he is, giving life, strengthening life, forgiving sins. Men of Galilee, people of Lincoln, 
Why do you stand gazing up into the stars? Jesus promises where he is for you. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to doubt. Christ has come for you, for your forgiveness, for your salvation. Christ is there for you, giving you strength for this difficult journey we call life. Giving us the strength to repent of our sins that plague us each and every day. Giving us strength to see Him where He promises to be. My friends, the time between the ascension of Jesus into heaven and His return on the last day is called the time of the church. The time of the church. Jesus doesn't give us exact dates about when he will return. And if anybody tries to tell you he has, they're selling you a bill of goods. In this time of the church, the in-between time between his ascension and his second coming, Christ promises, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. I am with you. Always, even to the end of the age. Don't gaze up into the sky. Look for Jesus where he promises to be found. Read the Holy Scriptures. The Scriptures which point out our law, our shortcomings by the power of his law, which show us our sin and show us God's solution to our sin. Forgiveness, full and free. By the bloody death, glorious resurrection and ascension of Jesus for you. My friends, Jesus hasn't left you. He certainly hasn't abandoned you. He's called you by name. He has washed you clean in the waters of holy baptism. He feeds you with his very body and blood and he promises that when the time is right he will take his nail scarred hands and wrap them around you and take them to the mansion he has prepared since the beginning of time for you are you thirsty don't go to the atmosphere don't gaze up into the sky Go to the living water, which is Jesus Christ, for you. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our eyes, and our faith in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.